you are Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On NFL, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski. I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet. You can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast network on Twitter at Locked On NFL Pods. Today's episode is brought to you by Pepsi. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1%. Of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through any game day because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for people like us who watch it. Pepsi made for football watching. This is our Monday show. The biggest stories with your local experts and our week 16 started on Christmas, Friday, the New Orleans Saints demolished the Minnesota Vikings 52-33, to ending the Vikings' chances at getting into the playoffs. A lot of potential changes coming in Minnesota this offseason. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers likewise destroyed the Detroit Lions 47-7. to The 49ers upset the Arizona Cardinals 20-12, to putting a dent in the Cardinals' playoff plans. And the Miami Dolphins, in a loaded Saturday slate, pull out a wild win, 26-25, inexplicably, in a game that included Brian Flores pulling his starting quarterback in favor of Ryan Fitzpatrick late in the game, and it absolutely worked. The Kansas City Chiefs pull out a win against the Atlanta Falcons, 17-14, to in a game where this KC offense did not look great, and Patrick Mahomes avoided disaster with a dropped interception in the end zone to avoid a brutal loss at home to a struggling Atlanta team. The New York Jets won again. They won again, and they beat another playoff team. The Jets beat the Browns 23-16 in a game where the Browns did not have any of their receivers due to COVID close contacts. The Chicago Bears keep rolling in their quest to get a playoff spot. They beat the Jaguars 41-17. The Ravens beat the Giants 23-13. The Bengals upset the Texans 37-31. The Panthers make the NFC East race a little bit more competitive and beat Washington. And speaking of that NFC East race, the Cowboys are still alive inexplicably in the NFC, getting a 37-17 win over the Philadelphia Eagles. Before we get to the games, some big news coming out on Sunday. Tom Pelissero and Ian Rappaport of NFL Network reporting that the league is moving to a 17-game schedule in 2021. Joining us to break that down, Matt Williamson from the Peacock and Williamson Show. And Matt, let's just start with the basic fundamental part of this. Do you like this for the NFL? I do, and definitely want to dig into that heavy. But first of all, hey, Locked On NFL folks, you need to come follow me over at Peacock and Williamson. It's great to be back on the podcast I created way back when, and the Locked On Network is rolling. Um, As for this, I do like it for the most part because, first of all, preseason games isn't fair to the people buying tickets. It's unnecessary. I think this year showed that 
We can certainly get by without four and maybe none, who knows, preseason games in general. And most importantly, the thing I'm most concerned about is revenue slash the salary cap. And right. that's the thing that can kill the golden goose. And if this helps that cause with TV deals and whatnot, then I am all for it. There's a couple little bones I want to pick with it, but for the most part, yes. And we knew this was coming. It just got delayed a little with COVID. Yeah. And and this is something that COVID is directly related to as well, right? Because the league is losing a lot of revenue right now by having these games with modified attendance. You mentioned the TV deal coming up. Uh, We know that that is going to be a lot of money. And if they can find any reason to push that price tag higher, they are going to do that. But there is uh, a football part of this, too. They've expanded the playoff. And so they've also they're going to go to this extra game. What do you think this is going to do to how teams approach some of these late season games? Because this may change. You know, week 17 uh, in, in you know, a lot of measures for a lot of these teams is going to be a, a de facto exhibition game anyway. Is there any concern that you have that adding this game is going to mean maybe we have two weeks like that at the end of the year? I haven't given that a ton of thought. I'm not sure why it would necessarily trend that way. I see what you're saying. I mean, as we, we as we wrap up. You know, week 16, there's obviously, what, 15 teams or so that are just out of it and don't have, quote, anything to play for. And I think that's probably unavoidable. And more of that would be bad without question. I'm not sure how you avoid it. And I guess that an extra week lends itself to making it more possible that we see this. But it's only been one year of the 14-team, seven on each conference schedule. And I think that in general will limit it to what we used to see before this year. Right, because it gives more teams the opportunity to get in. So theoretically, you know, by extension, you give these teams uh, another week to try and make it in. Uh, There has been some some discussion about the format of this extra game. You know, obviously, none of this stuff is official yet. So we're still just trying to put together pieces of things that have been reported. But one suggestion was to make it. Where, you know, let's say the the top team in the NFC North would play, you know, the number one team from the year before in the AFC North and rotate the way that we do with the schedule now. Do you like that format? I don't dislike it. I mean, as of now, for people who don't understand, (laughs) there's only two of 16 games that matter with where you finished the year before. Increasing that, you know, changing strength of schedule, helping helping the bottom teams by yet one more game. I'm cool with that. And we know the league changes so much week to year to year that sometimes the second place team gets a second place team in a different division. It's like, whoa, we just ran into a powerhouse or, you know, it's worse to first and whatnot. But I think that's as good as any, you know, in terms of balancing out the schedule. And it may even create somewhat of a rivalry. You know, I mean, might the... Eagles and Bills start playing each other three out of four years, you know, or two divisions where there's clear number ones in the opposite conference. I'm not sure exactly who that would be off the top of my head, but it'll happen. You know what I mean? Where there'll be some uh, over 10 year stretch. You're like, boy, we've played these teams eight out of 10 years and we've been the best teams in our conference. That's a really fun game. 
Right. If we get Dak Prescott and Trevor Lawrence, you know, four times in five years or something, that could end up being mm-hmm. a cool thing, even though right now you're, you're thinking, wait, Cowboys, Jaguars, that sounds awful. Sure, sure. <laughs> so, Matt, we still don't know exactly how this schedule is going to look. There's been some discussion. Oh, they'll push training camp back a week and, and start things a little bit earlier. There's there's some idea that, oh, you will push the Super Bowl a week back and just move everything back a week. That means we could have more bad weather games at the end of the year. Uh, there, there are a lot of things that that could affect. Hey, maybe the Bengals who, you know, unless they get in the playoffs, they're not playing in January. Now they're playing, you know, New Year's Eve or whatever in an opportunity to get some of those games. Do you like that? And and I guess the better question is if you could do this, if you could set this up and how would you do it to make this all work? Yeah, I wouldn't like that. Uh, and frankly, I think they should open camp at the same time, open the season a little earlier Frankly, this is what I would do. I mean, I'll get to your question in one second, but this is the one thing I just wanted to mention. I would have two preseason games, open camp at the same time, open the preseason at the same time, open the season at the same time, and have two bye weeks. You know, everyone plays 17 games and two bye weeks, because that's really my issue with the whole thing, is if you're going to ask these guys to play this many games, if you could set up two bye weeks where every time you play a Thursday night game, it's off a bye Anytime there's international games, of course, it's off a bye, but at least kind of spread them out. Even if it's week 13 and week you know, three, at least give them two buys, even if that's only one preseason game. And to your original question, I'm from Pittsburgh and I'm a purist and I love defense and sloppy weather and snow and all those things. But that's not what the NFL is about anymore. The NFL is <laughs> about throwing and speed and like it will break my heart if. Green Bay's hosting the NFC Championship this week, this this you know this year, or Kansas City is, and Mahomes and Rodgers can't throw because the weather's so bad. Like nobody really wants to see that. I think you're right about that. Well, still a lot to be ironed out, and and I'm sure there'll be a lot more details to discuss. As Matt said, go check out Peacock and Williamson. Uh, they do a great job, and uh, you should definitely be checking out their show every day on the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks, Matt. Absolutely, thank you. Before we move on and talk about the games, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. The NFL playoffs is the best time to get in the mix, putting your hard-earned money on the line to get some excitement out of playoff games. Maybe you don't care about. Maybe your team isn't playing on Wild Card Weekend and you want to enjoy it, but that first game on Saturday night, it's not always the best game. You know what? lay a wager down, and all of a sudden that game gets a lot more exciting. And right now for being a Locked On listener, they will help put money back in your account. At betonline.ag, if you sign up today for a free account and use the promo code Locked On, you will get a 50% welcome bonus. That means they will match your first deposit up to 50%. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Use promo code Locked On to get a 50% welcome bonus. With your first deposit, bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Betting on the NFL doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling, get daily picks and quick hitting advice to make the smartest possible wagers. Subscribe to Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get podcasts. 
The game billed as the game of the week, the game that pitted the Green Bay Packers against the Tennessee Titans in prime time. There was snow on the ground. It was late season Lambeau Field. This was supposed to be an epic matchup. Instead, the Green Bay Packers dispatched of the Tennessee Titans 40 to 14. Joining me now from Locked on Titans, Tyler Rowland. Uh, This was a game where I think a lot of people uh, expected the Titans to be able to come in and run the ball. It was a game that the conditions were advantageous for that, and yet we just didn't see that happen. So what did happen here for the Titans and the Packers? Wait, the the Titans played tonight? I just remember watching the Colts play for the Steelers. (laughs) Their game? Oh, okay. Uh, okay. So here's here's what I think happened early on. Derrick Henry ended up getting to 98 yards, but I think the Packers on defense did a great job of doing two things that give the Titans run game trouble. So you can go very horizontal. It's what the Lions did. It's what the Jags tried to do, uh, where you put about six or seven guys out of the eight in the box. You put about six or seven of them actually on the line of scrimmage. And the theory there is you can shoot gaps and take away the timing of the wide zone. Or what you can do is you can commit defenders to the second level and think about like a a four-man front of 4-3 and have your linebackers from the second level come downhill hard and see if you could stop Derrick Henry that way. Well, the Packers, uh, at times, were putting five or six on the line of scrimmage and then having three behind them, nine in the box, so kind of doing both things, committing so many resources. And they were able to put the Titans' passing game in uh, disadvantageous situations early on. Tannehill wasn't very sharp either in this game. I, I'm not putting all the blame on him. Uh, the real loss in this game was in the trenches. The Titans' offensive line got bullied and dismantled by the Packers' front seven. And on the flip side, the Titans' front seven got pushed around all day long by by the Packers' offensive line. So the, this game was won and lost in the trenches overall. Um, but obviously the skill position players still did their part for the Packers. Yeah, and and defensively, I mean, this was a game that we expected both teams to be able to score. And, and it seems like the Packers' ability to not only stop Derrick Henry, you mentioned the 23 carries, 98 yards, that's a little over 4.0 yards a carry. It, it was more impressive to me what they were able to do on the back end with A.J. Brown, with Corey Davis, with Jonu Smith. They played a lot of man coverage. And it's, it's one thing to say, okay, stop Derrick Henry and play – uh, sticky man coverage, that's a good approach against most teams. Mm-hmm. It's quite another to actually execute it this way. This is the lowest uh, point total output since October of 2019 for the Tennessee Titans. This team just doesn't have performances like this. Yes. And so it, from your perspective, um, looking at the Packers, what were you impressed by what they were able to do in this game? Well, I think overall, like you talked about, is that sticky man coverage. I, I mean, I'm a big guy on coaching and scheme and thinking about all the advantages you can get there, admittedly. But one thing I will say is Mike Vrabel has this quote. I've probably mentioned it before. It's not the X's and the O's. It's the Jimmy's and the Joe's. And I think yep. that quote is a window into Mike Vrabel's philosophy as a coach and maybe a window into why he didn't hire a defensive coordinator. Maybe he doesn't give enough credit to the impact that coaching can have. But on the flip side of that, you got a guy like Jair Alexander, a guy like Adrian Amos, even Kevin King on the other side. Uh, really, Jair Alexander, though, and, and Amos, you have guys who are probably better than the guy they're going against. And at the end of the day, they were making plays out there. I thought A.J. Brown actually had a pretty good day, but where was Corey Davis 
in this game. He got erased in this game. And that's a problem because the Titans, like you said, stuff the run, play sticky man coverage. But that has been the recipe to beat the Titans all year because the reason the players they have do so well in their scheme is because they fit in the scheme. The Titans don't have man beaters. A.J. Brown's still young in his route running progression as a player. Corey Davis has never really been a stellar route runner. Johnu Smith is not a good route runner. He's normally off the field on third downs in place of Anthony Ferkser because Ferkser is a good route runner. So uh, to me, the the Packers had a great plan, and uh, you're right. They they executed it. So knowing that you have the, the Jimmys and the Joes, that can win one-on-one matchups when it counts. I think that's what I was most impressed about from the Packers' defense. I I knew exactly what the Packers' offense was going to do, so nothing really special there. (laughs) I mean, it's special, but nothing surprising there. But, yeah, I was surprised at how the individual players on the Packers' defense were able to step up in big moments and just make plays one-on-one against another guy. The Pittsburgh Steelers got one of the biggest wins of Week 16 after a slew of ugly games. Three straight losses, including one at the hands of the rival Cincinnati Bengals. They come back from 17 down in the second half, score 21 straight points, and beat the Indianapolis Colts 28-24 on Sunday. Joining me now from Locked On Steelers, Chris Carter. And Chris, in the second half, it seemed like Ben Roethlisberger read all the tweets he heard about the the arm jokes and not pushing the ball down the field, started doing that, and it seemed to work. Is this something that you think they can use moving forward? Will they stick to it moving forward as we approach the playoffs? I, I think this is really what Steelers fans have been waiting for this whole time. I've said it every week during this three-game losing streak, Peter. This wasn't about the defense not being able to play. This wasn't about wide receivers not getting open. The offensive line hadn't played really well. But this the main thing about this was that Ben Roethlisberger wasn't making the throws to the open guys. Um, even against the Bills, even against Washington, there were plenty of open guys short, long, and he was either missing them or not even seeing them. And the same thing was happening in this first half, Peter. And I, if you were following me on Twitter, you were seeing me and I was just, <laughs> and I'm a guy, I was, I've been on, I've been on the Monday edition of this show with you uh, earlier in the season, talking about how Ben Roethlisberger was doing all the right things. And, you know, for the first 10 weeks, that was the case. The past four weeks, that hadn't been the case. And the first half, it wasn't the case again. He had 98 yards through the air. He was looking horrible. He was missing his open open targets. Wasn't even seeing a lot of open targets. And then in the second half, all of that went away. And I really think with the way that Ben has played in his career at times, he has these hot streaks and these cold streaks. If this is the start of another hot streak, it's going to come at the perfect time for the Pittsburgh Steelers because – he was reading the field and making the right throws at the right times. That's all they've needed to to, to pull them out of this funk. And I, I, if we got it, we the big thing is we just got to see can this be consistent from him. Yeah, he was he was playing a little bit of point guard early in the year, right? Just get the ball out, let the playmakers do the thing, let the defense take care of the rest, and then finally it's like, oh hey, that's right, Juju Smith Schuster and Deontay, like all these guys. This is a really talented group of pass catchers. And they're going to need them if they're going to beat teams like the Bills, who really embarrassed them in the second half a few weeks ago, if they're going to beat the Chiefs here in the playoffs. Yeah, they're going to need them. Um, and they and again, the opportunities are there. These guys have been getting open. Uh, on the fumble that Juju Smith-Schuster had on Monday Night Football against the Bengals, it was a perfect 
encapsulation of what had been happening during this losing streak. Teams have been jumping all over. Von Bell on that play, when he forced a fumble, he left his deep safety responsibility because he saw Juju and he just knew Ben was going to throw it to him. And in doing so, he left Chase Claypool wide open. Right. And Ben had all the time. Claypool was open and had, even had his hand up. If Ben just lobs it to him, he catches it and probably scores for a touchdown. Uh, and Ben didn't even see it. And that had been the case in the Bills game. I pointed it out then. That had been the case against Baltimore and Washington. Um, and, and it was just, and it was, again, it was the case in this game. He threw a, a pass into triple coverage on Eric Ebron when he had Ray McLeod, Ray, Ray McLeod wide open. Um, and that's the thing. If Ben's back to doing that, the Steelers can use the diverse talents that they have at the wide receiver position and the tight end with Eric Ebron. You saw him get back. He had his fifth touchdown of the season in this game. Um, and, and that's the bottom line. If this offense could get to that point, this team can compete. All they got to do is be able to put up anywhere from 24 to 27 points and not keep putting the defense out on the field with several three and outs the way they have recently. And I think they'll be fine. All right. So we know what they were early in the season and we know what they were the last month or so. How confident are you moving forward? I mean, they've got a Week 17 game that that we don't know how they're going to treat it. Let me ask you that first. How would you handle Week 17 knowing that they're not going to catch the Chiefs and now they're really, with with no two seed being a, a first-round bye, um, looking at, you know, the unless you're really worried about a particular opponent, there's really not much to play for coming up next week. The biggest thing I would try to do is I try to make sure that Ben Roethlisberger can be in the flow because you don't want to have this really hot, hot game and then cool him off for a week. And then you're back to the way he was in the first half of this game against the Colts. You need him to. Right, if they're going to play him, play him and right. let him do and let him actually try and go win the football game. Yes, that that's that's the, where I think that they need to go with this with this next game against the Browns. Yes, they've clinched the division with this game. Yes, they I mean, really, like you said, all they're playing for is maybe if the Bills slip up, they jump back ahead of them. But like you said, no bye week. How much is that really worth unless you're trying to get a matchup with that seventh seed? Um and who knows? It might work out that that seventh seed is the Ravens. And, you know, do you want to open up your playoff game right. playing a team twice that you've already beaten twice and that you're like, man, those were two closed games. You don't want to, you know, start off the bat with those guys again. Um, I, I think the big thing here is you it, you got to be worried about yourself. They can't be worried about who if it's the Ravens or the Dolphins. The big thing is can the offense get back to clicking? If they can, if they can get like, if they can beat the Browns the way they did earlier in the season where it was basically over by the fourth quarter, that's what you got to hope for because then you can say, all right, Ben, get the heck out of here. You go rest the rest of this game. We're not having you throw 50 times this week and then let that build as your momentum going into the playoffs. But to me, this is a team that needs to ride its hot streak. Um, you know, if it can build a hot streak, it's got to build off of this of this last half of football they played. I'm not sure if resting is going to help with that right now. Yeah, even with the game that, that we saw a few weeks ago on Monday night when, when the Bills took it to the Steelers in the second half, I feel like the Steelers, if they're playing their best, they are best equipped in the AFC to take on a team like the Chiefs. But we don't know if we're going to get that. And and they've shown that they have that sort of Jekyll and Hyde nature to them. We'll see what we get in, in January. Chris, I appreciate it, man. Thank you, Peter. Before we finish up, let's talk about our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. And they've added six new flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp to an awesome lineup 
of flavors already in the mix. They're all covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. And unlike a lot of foods like this, they're healthy. They're good for you. They're meant to be like something else. And they taste like garbage most of the time, right? These are the real deal. They taste like candy. They taste like something you would go to the supermarket and buy as you're checking out because it's right there and you go, ooh, I could use that little dopamine rush. Built Bar is low sugar, high protein, high fiber, low cal, and yet they taste delicious. Right now, go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON to get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKEDON to get 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Coming up on the Tuesday show, Ross Jackson and Luke Braun will break down Bills, Patriots, and look to Week 17, one that will have enormous implications on the playoff picture, where guys are seated, where they will play in Wild Card Weekend, who is in, who is out. Get all of it with Locked On NFL on Tuesday. Another team stamping their ticket to the postseason with a division crown, the Seattle Seahawks take care of the Los Angeles Rams 20-9 in an ugly slugfest of a game. Corbin Smith from Locked on Seahawks joining me now. And Corbin, the, the Seahawks have flown a little bit under the radar here of late. They come out of the gate really strong. Russell Wilson in the high-flying offense it is the story. It's the headline. And, and Russell Wilson is getting the MVP buzz. After Russ trails off a little bit, it seemed like this team hit a little bit of a speed bump, but now they're starting to find their groove again as we head toward the playoffs. Where is this team right now in your estimation? Well, I think this team is feeling pretty dangerous heading into the playoffs because of the way the defense is playing now. And it's so weird Mm. saying this now, given where we were at in week eight or week nine, when Seattle defensively was on pace to shatter the record for the most passing yards given up by a defense. And yet here we are now. This is the first time since the Legion of Boom defense back in 2014 that the Seahawks have given up 20 or less points in five consecutive games. They have really found their groove on that side of the football. Jamal Adams is a game record, just they were hoping he was going to be when they traded for him. Bobby Wagner still playing really well. The pass rush has been getting home, and they're getting contributions from a number of guys up front. And so I was saying it earlier, this is a group that really the first half of the season was a punchline in NFL circles. And now nobody's really laughing with the way they're playing on that side of the football. And you know the offense has weapons. If the defense play that they did today, they have a chance to make a deeper run next month. Yeah, and teams don't necessarily think like this. And I'm going to ask you a second about what you think they should do next week. But do you think the Seahawks have a preferred opponent here in the first round? Obviously, they can't or are very unlikely to get up into that top seed situation. So they're going to be playing on wild card weekend. Do you think they have a preferred first round matchup? I don't think they really do. I mean, obviously, the Rams, they just split with. And so a lot of people from a viewing perspective would love to see a grudge match, so to speak, in the first round. Uh, If I had to make a pick there, though, I would think the Rams would be more favorable than playing the Buccaneers just because of Tom uh, Tom Brady's pedigree. And the Arizona Cardinals or the Chicago Bears, those teams certainly have enough flaws. They they are teams that can beat you. But certainly you would think Tampa Bay from that group would be the toughest matchup just when you consider who's under center and some of the other playoff-proven talents they have on – uh, on offense and on defense, they've got some really good young, talented players that haven't been in the playoffs, but 
it's been a team that's been up and down, but you don't know what team you're going to get. If the good team shows up, though, Tampa Bay can beat anybody. And so I would think Seattle's just going to be – they're going to be happy they're playing at home. It's been a while. They haven't won a division title since 2016. But I think if they were looking at the group of teams that were potentially going to be playing them in that first round, you'd probably want to say the Cardinals or Bears would probably be the, the two ideal opponents. Yeah, I believe it's now five division titles under Pete Carroll here. So with all that in mind and and this idea that, you know, look, they're they're not going to get the first round by here with with one spot fewer than we would normally have. How do you think they handle th- this week 17 where, you know, we're talking about playoff positioning, but they're guaranteed that home playoff game? I think they're still going to go out and they're going to be looking for the win. They're going to go all in just because there is still a chance. It's a slim one, but there is still a chance if somehow the Chicago Bears, who are going to be playing for their playoff lives next week, can beat the Green Bay Packers. And the Saints had some trouble with the Carolina Panthers the first time that they played them, and they've been up and down the past few weeks with the way that they're performing on the field. So it's not completely out of the question that those two teams could find a way to lose next weekend. And then if Seattle beats San Francisco, they have the number one seed. It's slim, but I think Pete Carroll and company are going to be looking at that and saying, we're not going to be arrested a bunch of players. We've still got all these goals out in front of us. And so I don't see any major changes happening there. They're going to be going to this one to take care of business against San Francisco, even if they already have that home game locked up. And if there is one team we know the Seahawks like to beat more than any other one, it's the 49ers. Corbin, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. All right, that is it for a Locked On NFL Monday. Be sure to catch me next week here as we wrap up Week 17. You can listen to Locked On Packers, of course, anywhere you find podcasts. You will find both Locked On Packers and Locked On NFL. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast on Twitter at Locked On NFL Pods or at Locked On Packers. And, of course... With week 17 nearly upon us, just one week of regular season football. Before we get to the playoffs, stay locked on NFL.